It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Best Bets, giving you VSIN's top talent, handicappers, and guests to catch you up on what you may have missed. Top of the morning to you. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live. Downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino, with ongoing coverage of DraftKings Network Super Week, the epicenter of the sports world. Really good show lined up today. Among our guests, Julian Edlow on the program, Jeff Seeley, and Frank B. He's going to be in studio for an hour. That's at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. A sharps sharp, as he has been referred to by many, many betters to us over the years, can't wait to have him in studio a little bit later on, Paulie, as the numbers for the big game remain the same. Chiefs a two-point dog, total 47 and a half. I'm checking out uh, the VSIN Super Bowl betting guide, which is out now at vsin.com. You know that Brent Musburger, who called Raiders games for a couple of years here at Allegiant Stadium, he bet, Brent, you got to send us a text or give us a call sometime or say, hey guys, I want to come on the show. He bet a Super Bowl exact a box back on December 9th with these two teams. The Chiefs winning pays 14 to 1. Niners winning pays 11 to 1. So he had faith in the Chiefs getting there yeah. two months ago. Right. It didn't look good. No. It was a lot of a lot of issues, right? And the 49ers look like a freight train, and now they come in, and uh, even though they're laying two, how about the fact in our guide, 34 people were asked to, who wins the game. 21 picked Kansas City even though they're the underdogs. And uh, everyone has a pick with the game and some props. One person, and this could spell trouble, 34 people picked the game. One person picked the blowout. Care to guess who? Oh, I, I'm well aware. <laughs> if <laughs> I could have guessed one person, yes. it would have been this guy. It was Stu Gotts, who has the Chiefs winning 42 to 14. He's the only person who predicts a blowout in the game. Well, I will say this: if he gets, if he's close to that prediction, I cannot wait to listen to him on Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's now, gonna, yeah, <laughs> he's just going to be. He's notoriously bad with his picks, right? As they uh, they like to give it to him, uh, and he's out here Thursday, Friday. He's already out here, but they're here with Stadium Swim, with the Lebertard crew. But that's forty two fourteen with Kansas City. God, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, Did you find this interesting? By the way, yeah. only five other people picked a double digit margin of that's victory. Right. That's yeah. it, and they were all like 10, 11 point margins. Yeah. And there's several. I had twenty three twenty one. Uh, Other people have the exact same score, and a lot of people are going 24-21, 23-21, 23-20 in that range. So I I got Chiefs in the under, and um, that's what a lot of people have too. So then again, no one knows anything, and Stu Gatz might nail this damn thing when it's all said and done, but I I found that wild. I had 30-24 to as my prediction, probably too aggressive with the points there, and I had McCaffrey winning the MVP. A bunch of people actually have McCaffrey winning the MVP, and – you're not one of them. Right. No surprise with in terms of that other than one person picked Rice. Other than that, it's it's typical Chuck. A lot of Kelsey, a lot of Mahomes, a lot of McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to run that down with, with MVPs going back, the last time a wide receiver did it was Cup. A tight end's never done it. 
a running back hasn't happened since 98. I can't believe with that. With Terrell Davis. Yeah. That blew my mind. And then uh, defense was Von Miller. Special teams, Desmond Howard in 97, as you mentioned. So that's what you're up against going back with Super Bowl MVP history. Saw a breakdown of the, the running backs to win the MVP award throughout the history of the game. And it's only been like seven in that range. The average stat line is, if I recall correctly, around 160 yards and a one and a half touchdowns. McCaffrey can get there. Like he can, mm -hmm. uh, combined rushing and receiving yards, he can land at 160 in that range and he can score two touchdowns in this game. And if so, I think he's going to have a great case. Uh, I do think that, again, the MVP for the 49ers in the Packers game, I think McCaffrey would have won it. And the MVP in the game against the Lions, I think there would have been an argument between Purdy and McCaffrey, but I do think people would have been split between those two guys. So McCaffrey has a, a typical game here, like uh, since he came over from, you know, from Carolina last year, and he puts up some really, really gaudy numbers, he can do it. AFC, I think I'd give it to Kelsey. Kelsey would have won it, don't you think? I mean, you scored three points after the first two drives. How do you give it to Mahomes? Yeah, see, I would agree with that. I wonder how voters would look at that. That's the thing that you yep. got to do. I mean, because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you think or I think, you got to try to get you. And that's the most difficult part, right? Is trying to handicap the voters. Kelsey would have made a lot of sense. But I think people will say, well, who's getting in the ball? Which is a silly argument, in my opinion. Yeah, right. Because Kelsey was making great catches, too, by the way. Yep. So get the guide. and Everyone's got to pick good stuff. I threw four picks in there. Uh, plethora of props. And someone stepped out. How about this? If someone gave out a 23 to one shot in the guide, use check first reception of the game. Yeah. How about that? Well, that see, sign me up for that one. Would that not tie into what Randy McKay, professional better, was telling us yesterday? Because he something safe. Yep. He bet Purdy and he laid minus 220 first pass to be complete. And his thought is they're going to try to get him in a rhythm right away. Nothing dangerous. Nothing down the field. It's going to be a dink and dunk. And if that's the case, then I think that use check would be in play here. A safe, a safe bet underneath. Yep. Five-yard dump off. Bam, take it for six yards, and we'll try to march on. Yes. Yep. The other thing, uh, at one sports book, we haven't had a safety nine straight Super Bowls. Yet at one book, 98% of the bets are on yes. Well, of course. That a, a safety's going to happen. Uh, and uh, I, I'm glad the 49ers are, are acting tough and saying the right things. They were Wilkes leading the charge about how they were embarrassed with the performance against Detroit. And that is a rough film session for Chase Young because they kept talking about lack of effort on a lot of plays. And he, we eviscerated him with some of the, the first touchdown. What are you doing? I mean, he doesn't even try to make a tackle. That's one guy who has to look in the mirror. But, you know, they're saying all the right things, but then they have to go out there and prove it because this defense has been uh, bad going back the last couple of months. So we haven't seen their A game as a team. And it starts with the defense, too. So will they slow down Mahomes? But a, a couple of things I added, and they are acting tough, so I'm have to, maybe they come out strong. You're telling me there's not going to be a score in the first six and a half minutes. That's how it's priced, right? So you, you look at the first quarter total of 10, and Kansas City first quarter points allowed, four five times they allowed seven points. They, someone scored a touchdown on them. Other than that, it's nothing but zeros and threes. And they allowed zero, three, and seven so far first quarter in the playoffs and although san francisco gave up 14 to detroit if you're going to use ball control and we're going to have some lengthy drives to start i took under 10 first quarter and i took under 23 and a half second half because kansas city's 18 and 2 to the under this year in the second half they've allowed a total of 10 points in three playoff games in the second half. Yeah, yep. So those two, those are two that stick out to me and I had it. Yeah, a couple of things with Mahomes that really caught my eye, digging more into the numbers. And I went back and looked at when Mahomes played San Francisco in recent years. Again, they played in the regular season in 2022. Well, he was a magician in that game, throwing the football. He was 25 of 34, 423 yards, Paulie. It was 12.4 yards per attempt. He threw three touchdowns and one INT. He had a grand total of zero carries in that game. None, because he didn't have to, because they were throwing all, all over the team. In the Super Bowl in 2020, it was kind of the opposite. He threw 42 times, only completed 26 passes. He threw two INTs, and it was only 6.8 yards per attempt, so not close to the game that he had a couple years later in the regular season. And because of that, and the pressure was getting there, he had nine carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. And you brought up Chase Young, 
there's been a theory kicked around that Chase Young's been so bad that he might not start in this game. Mm-hmm. And he's really, really awful against the run game anyway. He can only try to get to the quarterback. If Young starts in the game and he's going to get snaps, I think you got to look at Mahomes. And I know people are making the case for the rushing yards to go over. How about the rushing attempts, which is four and a half minus 125 as we speak at DraftKings. A couple of good tweets here to tie it in from uh, Hayden Winks. Really, really good on fantasy. He points out that Mahomes' scramble rate in 2023 versus three or four pass rushers was 9.4% versus five-plus rushers. It goes down to 2.6%. The 49ers are 30th in blitz rate and most often rush with four. And he says, should be opportunities to scramble here and there. And when Mahomes does face pressure versus three or four pass rushers, he has the third highest scramble rate in the NFL. So that now is out juiced to minus 125. But this is going to be, I think, a um, more of a game like it was in the Super Bowl in 2020 and not so much the regular season of 2022 when he was wow. so good in the air. Oh, okay, that was bad, though. And there was Scantling, Smith-Schuster, and Kelsey. They had no answer. So you want to say two years ago, throw it out? How about, how about I use the Cincinnati game from this year, right? Burrow and the Bengals did, went up and down the field in San Francisco. They did. They beat them 31-17. to 17. Burrow threw for 283, three touchdowns, and Mixon had 87 yards and a touchdown. That's another one that guy, guy point to as well about this is not a good defense. And that was a, Detroit did whatever they wanted. Cincinnati did whatever they wanted. Two years ago, Mahomes did whatever he wanted. Yeah. And I have, I'm with you. I think Spagnolo against Wilkes is a big edge to Kansas City, and I would have my concerns about Wilkes as well. This is not Ryan's. This is not Salah. This, I, I don't recognize this defense the last two months from San Francisco. I'd like to know how this 49ers defense would have performed this year without any lead offense. Like, let's say the offense was middle of the pack. And I say that because how many times throughout the year did the offense give the defense a really big lead, meaning the opposition was going to throw back, drop back to pass and throw and not, you know, abort the run game. That happened all the time. So if the offense never got out to big leads, meaning the other team could stick with the run and be patient, I think they probably would have been gashed the entire time and the numbers would be hideous. Mm-hmm. And that's why if the, yep. if the Chiefs are that's patient yep. here and it's Pacheco left, Pacheco right, maybe your MVP ticket at 30 to 1 and maybe yeah. other props that we bet on that guy will come through. More likely, Purdy 350 and a big game or he implodes. And well, the moment's say, too big and, and he, he shrinks. I would lead towards him imploding. Yep. I, so that's what the, I. The, the chief secondary is too good. Uh-huh. Who can Defense throw on them? Defense is great, 17 a game. I do see a resemblance to Lee Harvey Oswald. Don't you? With Purdy? Yeah, I never noticed that till the reporter asked him. He was having none of it. I'm just a patsy. But, he, I mean, he looks like him. Don't you think? I haven't seen the side-by-side. I never looked at it. Did you see a side-by-side? Yes. Oh, I didn't see yes. that. you got to point it it's, out to it, me. Yeah. He looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Best Bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment. Super Week coverage is presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. It is VEASAN primetime. We're here in Las Vegas, Nevada, the site of Super Bowl 58. And the great guests just keep on rolling yeah, in. Always great to catch up with our guy, the pride of Stanford, <laughs> the one and only Tank Williams, defensive go. back. Let's go. My get man, in. how get are you? Screen, go man. ahead and widen out that frame. Yeah, Let your boy get yeah. in, you know? There it is. Yeah, we know, how, we know how to make it happen. Our coverage of Super Week here on DK Network keeps rolling on through. All right, Tank, you're playing for the San Francisco 49ers. You're watching tape. For two weeks again of Patrick Mahomes, oh. how are you slowing down Patrick Mahomes? It's going to be tough if you're talking about that San Francisco defense, man, because they've been a snack for many of their opponents for the past few weeks. It seems like the Green Bay Packers will be able to run the ball on them at will. When you looked at the Detroit Lions, I don't know why they got away from the run in the second half because they're running the ball like crazy in the first half. And when you look at Andy Reid... He's going to be stubborn with what works. Mm -hmm. So if he can get Isaiah Pacheco going, I think that's going to be something that he's going to lean on. And so when you look at Pacheco, what, 66 and a half rush yards? Yeah, I think he easily goes over that. I mean, I think that's easy money. And then when you look at it from a passing perspective, Patrick Mahomes was pretty measured in the second half of the Ravens game because he didn't have to do anything crazy. Like Baltimore got away from the run. He didn't feel stressed to go out there and do anything crazy and put his team in danger with turnovers or anything like that because – their defense played well. But if you look at what he may be able to do in the pass game against the Niners, look at what Trey McBride did against the San Francisco defense in the regular season. You don't think Travis Kelsey can do that? Right. Look at Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown in that game. You don't think Rasheed Rice will be able to get off in like the little quick screens and put him in the slot and get him open? I mean, so I look at different ways that Patrick Mahomes can possibly exploit that defense. And unless San Francisco plays significantly better and shore some things up, they're going to have some issues trying to slow down the Chiefs on offense. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the tight ends. I was looking at some tight end stuff today, and the Niners overall are pretty good against the tight end, but you mentioned the McBride game. Laporta had 13 targets. I mean, that is a lot of focus on the tight ends, but what is it about the Niners' defense this year that's different besides D'Amico Ryan's leaving town? Is it a personnel thing? Maybe depth? Because they definitely don't look as robust as as years past. Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely missing D'Amico Ryan's. I I think when you look at... See, this is one thing that stands out to me about the San Francisco 49ers. When they went on that three-game skid in the middle of the season, when they lost Trent and Debo, they lost some of that swag. And you can tell that that was missing. I think not having D'Amico on the sidelines, you lose some of that swag on the defense. Because look at how that team in Houston plays inspired ball. 100%. Obviously, that comes from the athletes that they have between the white lines. But a lot of that is D'Amico Ryan's as well. So they're missing a little bit of that. And at the same time, it seems like some of these guys just really aren't stepping up. I see like... Chase Young on occasion where it seems like he's not just finishing and playing with that superior dog mentality from the beginning of the snap to the end. I mean, I think 
you see some lapses there in the second there where they give up these splash plays. And even though that was true in years past, that pass rush really hasn't really affected their opponents like it did in the past. So that's why that uh, defensive secondary and the linebackers, for that matter as well, seem to be getting more exposed this year than in years past. Tank Williams hanging out with us here in studio. Follow him on Twitter at TankWilliams13. Of course, Stanford greats played in the league uh, with the Titans, Vikings, and Patriots betting analyst. All right. A lot of a lot of love given to the, to the Niners, or mm-hmm. excuse me, to the Chiefs, excuse me. Um, but let's get to your fellow Cardinal brother, yes. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah he uh, deserves some. He's uh-huh. not getting enough love. Rushing yeah. total, sitting at 90 and a half. Mm-hmm. Anytime touchdown market is through the roof because he scores a touchdown <laughs> right. every game. Yeah. 18 and a half rushing attempts, plus 475 to win Super Bowl MVP. What do you expect to see from number 23 on Sunday? I think his rush yards are definitely a smash going over 90 and a half. When you look at I mean, I think it was I right when the odds came out as far as uh, Super Bowl MVP and you see the Niners favorite and Patrick Mahomes as the favorite for yeah. MVP. I'm like, what's going on? Right. But a lot of that has to do with Chris McCaffrey. Right. Yep. I mean, you guys know better than me. But when you look at it where I know that Kyle Shanahan's complete confidence in Brock Purdy. At the same time, you see the way that the Buffalo Bills were able to exploit the Kansas City Chiefs run defense. Mm-hmm. Like Josh Allen was getting busy. Ty Johnson was getting busy. Like it seemed like. Ty Johnson. Yeah. Every yeah. running back that the Bills had in that stable was getting off against the Chiefs. And that's why I was so perplexing me that the Baltimore Ravens did run the ball. <laughs> Don't even get me but started me, on that. But trust me, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan is going to make yes. sure Christian McCaffrey toasts that ride because he wants to make sure he takes that stress offered by Purdy for one, and then two, because that's what the Niners offense is built around. If you get Christian McCaffrey going, which he will get going, then that's when you set up the play action, you get those shots to Brandon IU, to Debo Samuel, to George Kittle. So everything plays and flows to Christian McCaffrey. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wins the MVP because he is the MVP of that team, even though everyone's trying to hype Brock Purdy up. He's a great player. I'm not going to get on that thing as far as people trying to bash Purdy, but he is what he is, and mostly what he is is those athletes around him, especially Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about Spags. I I think that's a guy you probably would have liked to play for. I think he's proven to everyone, you know, what he did with the Giants to the Patriots, great teams, and now what he's done over the last couple of seasons last year, figuring out a way to get enough stops to beat the Eagles. But really this year has kind of been the feather in the cap of what Steve Spagnuolo can bring to a defense. He's had a lot of help with a young secondary that I think can control the tempo in this game. How do we diagnose what the Chiefs defense is going to bring to the table here? Well, what we've seen out of Brock Purdy, I think uh, the latter part of the season, and I guess during that little skit as well, is that when you get a little bit of pressure on him and get some, uh, you know, get a little bit of happy uh, feet, feet, yeah, (laughs) but then also, you know, he'll get a little sloppy with the ball. There were a a couple of times in that Lions game where there were potential turnovers where, you know, the wide receiver broke it up on one and actually Brandon Ayuk caught the long ball on another. And I think in a lot of situations, if you have a defense that's taking advantage of those opportunities, they're going to pick that off and then that's an extra possession for Patrick Mahomes. So I think what he's going to do is try to make sure he stifles the run as much as possible. But he's going to try to show Purdy one thing before the snap and then at the snap show him a different look. Whether it's lined up in two shell the entire time and having guys roll down to one shell at the snap or doing these various looks and the various pressures, I think he's going to try to confuse Purdy and still one or two possessions. And if he can do that, he has confidence in Patrick Mahomes and that offense trying to seal a little victory for him. Tank Williams, NFL DB, joining us here on VEASAN Primetime. Tank, I started with just kind of looking at, okay, going against Patrick Mahomes. Now take it a step further. Going against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And I know as a <laughs> corner, that probably wasn't your main responsibility, but you're watching tape, whether it be the nickel or the safety coming down. I mean, I think back to the Baltimore game. Kyle Hamilton is is all over him, and Patrick Mahomes gets it right on his hip, and Travis Kelsey's able to make the catch. What is it about those two that it just – it feels like it's a chemistry, and I don't, I mean, I can't give you the exact chemistry of what Rice and Montana were like, but this chemistry and familiarity feels like it is unmatched from, you know, anybody currently in the NFL. I mean, well, first things first, Travis Kelsey is like an amazing route runner. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, he's a dog, but he had perfect coverage, and Patrick Holmes threw a good ball. There are times where I remember last season where Travis Kelsey had, Jalen Ramsey on skates. And we know Jalen Ramsey is a top-notch cover corner. I think more than anything else is that (laughs) Travis Kelsey just does what he wants to. And Patrick Mahomes gets in the ball. Like a lot of times when you're a defensive back, 
you look at formations, you look at down the distance, and then you're saying, okay, if they're in this formation, more than likely they're going to run this route combination. And so when you see that coming, you play for it. Whereas, like, Travis Kelsey knows you're playing for it, and he way. runs something else. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw where the ball's supposed to go. He, go, he throws where, tra where Travis Kelsey goes to. And so that's what makes it so perplexing. I mean, I think you've seen, like, some tape before where in the, in the uh, red zone, he throws a touchdown to Kelsey. He's like, yo, he's supposed to run the flag. <laughs> but instead of running the flag, he faked like he's going to the flag and then ran to the open space in the middle of the field. And so I think that's why it's so difficult to cover them because, one, they're really great athletes, great players, and then they just do whatever the hell they want on the field and they get away with it. You know what it sounds? It sounds like he's a plus EV gambler, right? Oh. Every fade, That sounds like a fade the public, like Tim Murray stink strategy right there. They know we're going to zig, so let's zag yeah. the other way. It, I mean, it, it's Travis Kelsey, a man after your own heart. But it is so funny watching these games as a jabroni sitting on my couch. And I'm like, why is he always open? No. You know, he just finds, like if it's a zone, he's going to find yeah. that soft part of the zone. So look, because of that, Books are no dummies, right, Tank? They've adjusted to it. So you're talking about 70 and a half receiving yards. You're talking about over under on receptions of six and a half. It's going to keep going up, though. But for Travis Kelsey, in these big moments, him and Mahomes are on just another level. So do you expect a big game from Kelsey on, on Sunday? I do. And I think when we talked about if Sam Laporta and yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown can get off on this defense, I'm confident as hell that Travis Kelsey can. But I think the one X factor is going to be this. If the 49ers say, okay, we know we've had issues with tight ends before, whether it's Trey McBride, Sam Laporta, we're going to make sure Travis Kelsey doesn't beat us. Like, Rasheed Rice has turned into a baller, man. Yeah. Like, this dude is a bona fide number one wide receiver for that Chiefs offense. And he really didn't give him the ball that much last week, but I mean, well, two weeks ago. But I think in the Super Bowl, if the 49ers overplay their hand trying to take away Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice will eat them up, whether it's like those quick routes in the pass game running like little quick crack screens or having them in the slot or even on the outside in some man coverage where you have one-on-one. -on -one. I think that he can be effective against that Niners defense. So there's more than one way for them to take advantage of that secondary. All right, let's wrap on this. we got 20 seconds with Tank Williams. Who wins favorite prop bet? I would say the Kansas City Chiefs probably win if I had to pick someone. Okay. And I have complete confidence in both of those running backs getting off. So whether it's Isaiah Pacheco or Christian McCaffrey, I think they both eclipse the rushing yardage. All right, it's going to be a running back type of game. VSIN's best bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Barrage here at the D, downtown Las Vegas, Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. This segment brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. It is DraftKings Network Super Week. We are always thrilled to have this gentleman on the show with us, doing the Megapod with me after the show today. It's our last Megapod of the year today. Uh, Todd Wishnev, of course, joining us. Rufus Peabody, the guest. And, of course, this man, Will Hill, at not the Will Hill, and the host of the Shoulda Bet More podcast. How you doing, Will? Gilly, what's going on? Hard to believe it's the, it's the last one. Season really does fly by. I know Fez was on with you earlier, and he's like, man, these uh, are last week. He's like, man, the season just drags on, and you, you, know, you end up tired and beaten down by the end of it. But it doesn't seem like that long ago when the season started. But... You know, with the extra week, with the the week 18 now, once the Super Bowl ends, you're right around Valentine's Day and you look up and it's only a couple of weeks till March. So that gap between the Super Bowl and March Madness is shortened, which is uh, which is always a good thing because that is a lull. So that's the one good thing or that's one of the good things about the longer season here with the NFL. That is true. That is the silver lining. Those things become that much closer every year. Conference tournaments and the end of the uh and the end Plus of the you Super take Bowl. your three-week vacation after the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> and then you come back, and it's like the Sweet 16, and then you're like, what happened? Yeah. Listen, I don't know about three, Will, but your point is taken. We understand. Um, okay. Let me, by the way, I was so last night, I was so starved for football, uh, and I'm, I'm clicking around the channels. NFL Network is showing the, uh, the Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl from four years ago. It was so interesting. Obviously, many of the players are different, but some are the same, right? The, the, and the things that leapt off the page... Uh, or left off the left off the screen, I should say. 
how average Jimmy Garoppolo was, like how many bad throws he made, especially under pressure, and like how much better Purdy is than him. And Chris Jones felt like he batted down a million passes of Garoppolo's, and no one ever talks about that. I don't know if there's anything to read from a game four years ago, but that was certainly something I gleaned from it. Yeah, and wasn't there one, like the 49ers were down 10, uh, the, the 49ers were, no, up 10 with the ball in the fourth quarter, that's and I correct. think there was a deflection where Kittle was open and they just had it, and yeah, it's one of those plays where, it, like you said, it gets lost, but man, uh, up 10 with the ball, that's uh, in the fourth quarter, That that's a pretty significant um, lead to, uh, t- to lose, and yeah, Mahomes was down 10 through an interception, you figure a few first downs, that game is over, and uh, they, they just couldn't get it done, it was a really good game, the final score was misleading because chiefs that was the postseason where they trailed every single game by 10 plus points, but won every single postseason game by 10 plus points, which I don't think we'll ever see happen again. I mean, that was just very strange. They got the late touchdown with, uh, with Williams who obviously could have gotten the MVP, but didn't, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know how much to read from that game because like that game two years ago, it was the great chiefs offense against the great 49ers defense. Now it's flipped. Now the Chiefs have the better defense. The 49ers have the better offense. Yeah, down 10 in the in the fourth quarter. Niners with the ball, you're right, and won the game by 11. That's right, with the Chiefs in that Super Bowl. Um, so, okay, so remind everybody, what did you bet side in total here? What props did you bet? I had been undecided on the side. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I just think that... You're getting the, obviously the better quarterback. You're getting the better defense. I mean, that's a lot right there when you're getting the better quarterback and you're getting the better defense. I think you're getting the better coach. You're obviously getting the better kicker and you're getting a couple of points. So I, I'd been back and forth on it. I, I think this is obviously a fascinating game. Whoever you pick, if you lose, you're going to feel like an idiot because if you pick the Chiefs and you lose like I did, you can say, oh, man, the 49ers were the better team all year. We overreacted to recency bias, all that. Um, but if you pick the 49ers and you lose, you say, well, man, what was I thinking going against Mahomes? The, the Chiefs have been the hotter team. The 49ers have played really poorly, not just in the playoffs, but you, you look from Christmas night on that terrible performance where Purdy lost the MVP. I mean, they don't they don't have a good performance in there. They have nothing but bad performance. I know they won a couple of these games, but um, it, it's September through December. The 49ers were four or five points better than the Chiefs, maybe even a, a tick more in the last month or so the chiefs have been the better team so i'm gonna go with the recent form i'm gonna take the quarterback the defense the points it should be uh should be a good game i i think you know that there's some props out there that i think correlate with it if you shop around you can find under 14 and a half for largest lead of the game i 15 and 16 are sort of dead numbers i don't see a scenario where somebody runs out and gets like a 17 21 point lead i think it'll be a close game throughout i think it'll be a fourth quarter game uh, i also took the chiefs plus a half point in the first quarter you have to lay minus 155 at DraftKings, but it's just, it's just so hard to win a first quarter where i mean 49ers might only get one possession both these teams do defer so we have no idea who's going to start with the ball yeah uh, you can't can't get any little angles like that with the lions taking the ball or the packers taking the ball both these teams are going to defer so uh and, and you know mahomes has the experience in, in the super bowl so there's not gonna be any nerves with him maybe there are with purdy maybe the chiefs start with the ball i could easily see a three three first quarter seven seven or maybe you're up three nothing so i think getting that half a point in the first quarter is super valuable um, what's, and I, maybe you already answered that where you said like, you know, you don't see a team going out to, you know, let's say a 17 point lead. What would be the most shocking outcome for you in a, in any of this? The 49ers not getting their points. I, I have a hard time see, you know, sitting here Monday going, wow, the 49ers only scored 10 or 13 points. 49ers, I think are going to get their points against anybody. I mean, I guess you could say Mahomes getting shut down too would be surprising, but you know, we've seen his receivers drop a bunch of balls. So maybe, so I would say the 49ers getting shut, like shut down offensively would be the most surprising result. I don't know if that that's, you know, more what you meant. I don't yeah. think either team gets blown out. Um, again, turnovers can be the great equalizer. If somebody's minus two or minus three in turnovers, I mean, a close game could turn out into a blowout really quick. Uh, I just think the Chiefs have done, and you know, we'll talk about this more in the Megapod. I think the Chiefs have done a good job of condensing their weapons, condensing their usage, where it's almost like a baseball team where you go into the playoffs and you don't use your fifth starter anymore. You might not use your fourth starter. You use your closer, a couple of relievers. You cut the fat of your team. The the Chiefs, they trust Rasheed Rice. They trust Kelsey. They trust Pacheco. And then Mahomes can take off and run once in a while. They really cut out the Justin Ross, the you know, the Justin Watsons of the world, the uh, the, the McCole Hardmans, the, uh, the Tonys. They've really cut it down to the three or four guys they trust. They go in with their three or four best pitchers and i think that's worked out for them you know well here 
they've also played a couple of defenses that were banged up the bills and the dolphins and they didn't do much in the second half against the Ravens. so man you can look at this game a, a million different ways i keep going back to this though where the AFC might just be better than the NFC. We thought that coming into the season, then a couple of these guys got hurt in terms of the quarterbacks in the AFC. Rodgers and Herbert was bad. Uh, and there was just you know some weird situations in the AFC. It, it's just possible when you look at the matchups, like the Ravens burying the 49ers, burying the Lions and the Seahawks, 49ers struggling against the AFC, uh, the Cowboys getting buried by the Bills, losing to the Dolphins. Maybe the AFC is just a good you know, three or four points better than the NFC. It's possible. That still remains in all of these in, in the 10 days that now we've gone uh, between championship Sunday and today leading up to the Super Bowl. That remains the most interesting point to me because it's the one that's the the most obvious and easiest in some respects. And I don't think we're making enough about it. That maybe in all this you talk about you're going to feel stupid. If the Chiefs do win, that's going to be part of the feeling of stupidity, right? Where you'd be like, of course, they beat all these great teams on the one hand and the Niners really didn't like that'll be the obvious go to, I think, on that. Uh, in our remaining- yeah, we don't talk about these conferences in terms of like uh, against each other. I remember growing up as a kid, like in the 90s, it was a big thing. The AFC went a good. You probably remember, I don't know, 15 years without like the NFC was dominant oh, in, in the Super Bowl. And, we, and that was a big narrative. That was a big angle where, hey, could the AFC catch up to the NFC uh, for for years in the NBA? The West was much better than the East. We don't talk. I, I haven't heard a lot about it, but it is in the back of my head. Maybe the AFC is just a lot better. Yeah, that was a different time when the when the skins and the Giants and the nine were just oh, here we so go. much bigger than all those other teams. Uh, here you think of, and then Joe gives. No, let me stop. Uh, okay, couple of basketball things real quick before we go. Uh, NBA, no favorite ever loses anymore. Is this a thing? Hell, you would know better than me. I don't know. Is it the fact that we're near the All Star break and we get? <laughs> I don't know. I would say if you got a bunch of upsets, it would be, hey, we're near the all-star break and you see some weird efforts. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just small sample size. I know Steve Fezzik, who comes on the show a lot, I just referenced, always says parlay all the money line favorites in the NBA. That's a big thing for him is just uh, throw a bunch of, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know what to make of it. I honestly don't know what to make of it. Yeah, and I, I think it was just a bit of a small sample size oddity over a, over a, over a couple day span. But, you was know, it 19 in a row favorites have won straight up, wow. something like that. Something like that, um, I, and, and I believe Will's right. It, it, it's, yeah. it's just you always got to you got to tread carefully as you do get close to the All Star break. Some weirder things begin to happen with some teams, but I, I agree with him. I think I'd, I, I would. I would read into it more with that if it was a lot of dogs winning. I think so. Read it. I read it more as favors just taking care of business a lot of the time. Give us a call. Well, some of these teams. Oh, go ahead. Like, go Memphis, ahead. like the Grizzlies are missing 13 right. players, which I don't even know you could have 13. Like you're not going to win a game. Like right. I know Knicks were like minus a thousand on the money line. It's not brilliant to give out a minus 1000 on the money line. And the Memphis typical NBA fashion, they were down 28. They cut it to four. Memphis was never going to win that game. They don't have an NBA team and they're going to play the Knicks. So, I mean, that, that there's something to that too. Yeah, totally. There are, there's things like that happening right now. I mean, I think it's been four games in a row where I've gone against them one way or another, right? Whether it's it, whether it's betting the other team, betting team totals under over, like there are certain situations like that in the NBA that are just a nightmare right now. Give us a college basketball play before you go, Will. Uh, I'll go Cal minus two and a half against USC. I, I like Madsen as a coach. I think this team's getting better. They played um, you know better at home here, so give me Cal minus the two and a half against USC. All right, we'll give it to you. You ask, you'll get. We'll, you'll, you'll get it. Appreciate right it. There. Appreciate it. Will We've been installed as a two and a half point. <laughs> you can't bet it unless it's installed. Will you know how that goes? I'll talk to you in about uh, uh, eighty minutes for the Megapod. Appreciate it. All right, so, sounds good. Should have bet more podcast. Should have bet more podcast. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Best Bets, catching you up on everything you missed on VSIN, the sports betting network. To discuss the Super Bowl and more, it's time for the GOAT. Uh, of course, I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher, but this man needs no introduction. He is Randall the GOAT, Mike Randall, FTN Network Chief Content Officer at Randall Rants. He's got a serious expression on his face today. That's because he means business. And business is behind him. As you see, Randall has signage. That is big time, my friend. I appreciate that, guys. Signage, important. We're doing great things at FTN. We have a new logo here, Super Bowl. We got Jeff and Aaron shots out by you. Life is good at FTN. We are rolling, so we need the new banner in the background. Yes. We were hoping you were going to be out here. Just a quick, quick update on your son. Last time we spoke, you got a new table tennis, excuse me, ping pong table. And Amal and I were debating whether or not you should let your, I believe, nine-year-old son beat you or you could beat him. What's going on with the table tennis right now? 20 to 19 last night, big battle. You know what I did? I went for the edge. I hit it. I spun the paddle. I go, that's greatness. I was up the stairs before he even got to turn around and throw the paddle back at me. <laughs> 2119, tough loss. You know what? Suck it up, deal with it, get better. That's the message here. <laughs> now, Randall, last time, now people don't realize Randall was the, of course, uh, captain at BC for the track team. You just lost your head coach. Were you surprised that Halfley left as a head coaching position there at BC to become the defensive coordinator at the Packers? And what are you hearing about his replacement? I'm hearing the replacement is Bill O'Brien. That's the rumor. I'd be thrilled to get a coach of his caliber at Chestnut Hill. Uh, I don't know why the Packers would take him. Not that they did a bad job at Boston College, but the Packers plucking defensive coordinator at Boston College, not exactly the route I would have went. Great for the school. I don't know about the Packers. We'll talk about there under in a couple months. But, yeah, I'm hearing Bill O'Brien, which would be great. Uh, last time we had a coach when I was there, guys, was Tom Coughlin, okay, a coach of this caliber. So I'd be thrilled. We had Dan Henning. He was okay. So I don't mind it. The pro coach is coming to Boston College. We appreciate it. We know it's a pit stop, but we'll serve uh, some good food for you. Maybe get us some wins along the way. Patrick, on behalf of Adam Burke and myself, both being Buckeyes, we are grateful and very happy that you are taking Bill O'Brien off of our hands as the OC at Ohio State. Yeah, because O'Brien was about to run the offense there at Ohio State. That's right. Now, O'Brien looks like he's going to head 
to the alma mater of one Mike Randall. That is Boston College. All right, let's jump into this. And we can start with the, of course, the Super Bowl. And then we'll get into some college hoops. But let's talk about the game itself. I know you've got a bunch of props. Let's start with the side in total. Uh, You could have caught two and a half with the Chiefs. And it looks like that's the way you're going as far as the side. Yeah, the edges are tight now, guys. Uh, So we have a slight edge on Kansas City plus two and a half. And that's where I'm going as well. My rationale is that the Chiefs have looked good every step of the way, and the Niners are lucky to be here. They were lucky to beat the Packers. They were certainly lucky to beat the Lions with our good old friend Dan Campbell, who would hit on 20. You know, we know the deal with that. But in this case, we like Kansas City. Love the way their defense is playing. I think it's a variable nobody's talking about. Yes, we love Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they can run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco, which we'll get into. But Mahomes, as an underdog, I'll wave the white flag. And we have a slight edge, 1% edge here at FTNR model for Kansas City plus two or two and a half. Mike, just to follow up on that, would you tell people to take the two, two and a half based on the number? Or would you tell them the money line here in this scenario specifically? That's such a tough call. I, I've been looking at bets like that all day, such as uh, what's the, the bet, guys, where you get the unique score, the bet that you, you score Gami, I think it is. I, I yeah. just I don't I'll take I'll take the points here. You can get two and a half a mile. That's a, that's a big difference. If it was one and a half, I don't mind taking the money line. Uh, I get the, the the play that if you always take the, the team that you think is going to win, you might as well just take it on the money line. Two and a half or two is enough for me to take it, just in case a field goal makes the difference, and I'm short by a point or two. Yeah, and the dog is three and zero ATS last three Super Bowls and covered fifteen of the last twenty two. So those two and a half points, like you said, Randall, may come in handy. Okay, let's go to the props. Pacheco, you're going to go over for the Kansas City running back sixty six and a half rush yards. Yeah, the only reason this number was vacillating earlier in the week is because the rumors that Jarek McKinnon could possibly make an appearance, and I don't really care because they have relied on Isaiah Pacheco as the lead running back pretty much all season, had two of his last three regular season games, 100 rushing yards or more. And let's take a look at what he did in the playoffs. 24 rushes for 89 yards against Miami. Then he had over 90 rushing yards against Buffalo. And then 24 grinded out yards for 68 total yards against that Baltimore Stout run defense. You're facing a 49ers run defense that is just 15th in run defense DVOA. They gave up the rushing yards to Aaron Jones, 108 rushing yards, 6.1 a carry. And I told you guys last week, who's got a 40? Everyone's got 40 rushing yards in the Lions against the Niners. Jamison Williams, David Montgomery, and Jameer Gibbs. And Montgomery went over 90. So I think it's a heavy Pacheco game. I don't think the Chiefs wide receivers, spoiler alert, are going to start getting wide open now. So let's go with Pacheco over whatever you see it at, 66 and a half, 67 and a half. I think he's going to be heavily involved, and I'm not scared of Jarek McKinnon. Not in the rushing game, guys. I'm not. When you look at the Super Bowl, you mentioned the rushing game, the potential there. What else is kind of an area you look at that's a strength for Kansas City against this 49ers team? I know you got some more props we're going to get into in just a second, but you're heavily kind of slanted towards the Chiefs and favorable with their offense as well. Yeah, the other one is Patrick Mahomes rushing yardage. Guys, listen, maybe I was just burned by Sky Moore in fantasy and best ball drafts, and I certainly was. But this Chiefs wide receiver unit cannot separate. That's the problem, with the exception of Rasheed Rice, the rookie, who's been tremendous. Travis Kelsey finally got 100 yards because Baltimore had the worst defensive game plan in the history of an AFC championship game. So fine. But if they can't get open, what is happening? Well, the Chiefs wide receivers are covered. Therefore, Mahomes is rushing more. How do I know that? He had the most rushing attempts and rushing yards, 75 attempts and 389 rushing yards than he's had in his entire career. Now, what has he done in the Super Bowl? 41, 39, and 29 rushing yards, including the one last year where his last two carries, guys, were negative five and negative two yards. So in my mind, he didn't have 29. He really had 36. The line is set at 25 and a half. He's facing a Niners run uh, defense that allowed the 10th most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes as well over 25 and a half yards. He does whatever it takes to get it done. And even when he had Tyree kill, he was still running a lot. Now we're going to wait for Sky Moore to separate. Get out of here. Not happening. Mike Randall knows running. Pay attention. FTN, your fantasy and betting needs. Of course, Mike Randall, chief content officer. We continue Super Bowl 58 with the props here. Brandon Ayuk, you're going to go under, Mike, 61 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, God bless Ladarius Sneed, who's been fantastic. Besides a broken play against Zay Flowers, he did get that fumble on the goal line. 
Chiefs have been fifth best against opposing wide receiver ones per Aaron Schatz DVOA here at FTN, and I think they're going to do it again. Ayuk lines up in a more traditional role than Debo Samuel does, who gets moved around. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to solve this Chiefs pass defense, specifically against wide receiver ones. Chiefs are a little more giving against wide receiver two. So we're going Brandon Ayuk under. I love Brandon Ayuk. Had a fantastic year, a breakout year, but teams have taken him away the first two playoff games, and I think the Chiefs will do the same here in the Super Travis Kelsey, uh, total of rushing, excuse me, receiving yards is 70 and a half. Mike, which way are you going here? Yeah, we're, uh, with Kelsey, it's sort of the same thing. We're going under 70 and a half. Look, guys, with all due respect to the Ravens allowing Kelsey to go 11 for 11 for over 100 yards and a touchdown, I just don't think that the Niners are going to do the same. I think they're going to let Pacheco run. I think they're going to let Mahomes run. I think Rasheed Rice is going to get his. And maybe, as we'll get to, one pass to MVS deep. But they're not going to let Kelsey go crazy. It's the number one player they have to stop. And they've been great all year with that core linebacking group, which is fantastic for San Francisco. Top 10 against opposing tight ends, really limiting it per DVOA. I think they limit Travis Kelsey as well. You see some bets out there, guys. Travis Kelsey, 25 yards or under in both halves. I think they're leading you down the wrong path there. I'll tell Kelsey under 70.5 yards this Super Bowl. Did you say MVS? Valdez Scantling. It's hard to cash a prop in a more exciting manner than you did needing to wrap the game for Kansas City. Valdez Scantling with his one catch against Baltimore and you go over the receiving prop. But the point is, Randall, that's all it takes with this guy. MVS over 18 and a half receiving yards. This is a momentum play, Patrick. Certainly MVS has been brutal. And I, I think I looked up the other day on our FTN data. He has the worst uh, catch rate per routes run of any player in the NFL who had over 100 targets. Just lethal stuff. But I think MVS can get over this number. I like the momentum he did last week. He started to get going. He doesn't make a lot of catches. So, you know, you're going to hold your breath when that one ball goes in the air. But they've started to use him more. You know, Kelsey and Rice, my thoughts on them. I think MBS is good here for at least 20 yards. I think he gets out there and catches one, and that's all he needs. It may not come till the fourth quarter, but I'm willing to take the risk because of the momentum he's been used more in the playoffs. Yeah, Patrick, he's got two catches in both the Baltimore and Buffalo games. His Super Bowl prop is at one and a half. And like Mike said, one catch here, and he probably – the only concern, guys, that you have with MBS is will he hold on to the ball. But if he catches it, he's probably getting at least 20 yards. Yep. Go ahead, Randall. That's pretty much it, guys. That's my point is I, I project you do the props as you tether tell you think the game's going to go. I think it's close. I think it's lower scoring. We like the under here with a 10% edge here at FTN. So I'm going to go under on most of these props, and I like the running back, specifically Pacheco. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.